right, friends, welcome back to Mind Games, a Sellout Crowd production hosted by me, Garen Emig, Sellout Crowd columnist, occasional podcaster, friend of, friend of everybody, including the dogs. Love the dogs most of all. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for reading my content. I know that you have a choice when it comes to how you devour your sports media. I do not take it for granted that you choose me or my colleagues at Sellout Crowd. We all love your, uh, your, your patronage. We all love your attention. We, do, uh, we will continue to crank it out. We've been busy all week talking about Bedlam, writing about Bedlam. We are still going to be talking and writing about Bedlam after the show. But for the sake of this episode of Mind Games, let's welcome back in the fabulous Hutchins twins, our ace beat riders covering the Cowboys, Ben and Sam Hutchins, who haven't been on the show since it's, uh, it was sort of a dress rehearsal, fellas, right? We were just kind of seeing if, the, if, if all the uh, equipment worked the last time you were, you were in the studio with me. And we, we learned a little bit about you, learned a little bit about your relationship. Um, how... How's it going, for lack of a better way to start? How are you guys doing? Well, I know I'm fantastic, Garen. Um, and, and I know we'll get into the personal side of things, but when we were last on, if you would have asked me, hey, yeah, the, the Cowboys would be 6-2 and two at this point in the season, I'd say, oh, you're, that's probably a pretty decent chance of being right. Um, but it was a crazy route to 6-2. and two. No but, but I'm certainly glad to be back. Yeah. Any complaints, Sam? Yeah, we're we're moving. We we live together now. We we live at the the Lynx apartment complex. Which, if you know Ben and I, um, kind of you know in the real world, uh, we enjoy the golfing. So you know, Garen, we get a lot of golf balls in our backyard. We bought a vase from Goodwill, um, that we wanted to collect the golf balls that are in our backyard, and it's all the way filled up now, all the way to the top. So, um, you know, not to say that Ben and I never lose golf balls. It just helps keep the the cost down of the of golfing. So the kids in your neighborhood are selling lemonade in, in the front yard. You guys are going to put up a used golf ball stand. Is that how you're going to pay for your greens fees there at the links? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we could. It, it feels like an Easter egg hunt every day where, where you go, you know, go out the, the back door and you're hoping you, you turn over a Titleist and not a Pinnacle. Um, but, but, but we have plenty of options of both. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to ask you about... Because that's one of the things we referenced on the last uh, your last appearance on Mind Games was you know the relationship how unique it is and it still is and uh, the roommate situation still very much I take it, it you're still together you're still living together so nothing crazy has gone gone wrong uh, let's we'll talk about everything that's gone right eventually but since this is Bedlam week since this is the last Bedlam I suppose we ought to talk about what's happening at Boone Pickens Stadium at two thirty on Saturday afternoon. And before, you know, I, you've broken it down to two of you every switch way, but, but, you know, inside out, I think. And you may have already got, you've already probably gotten around to that since we're at midweek. We'll get into a little bit of game planning and ideas about how it's going to actually turn out. But let's, let's make this interesting and ask how, how, first of all, you guys are how old again? You've told me once already, but how old? We're 21. We'll be 22 next month. Shouldn't have even asked. I should. So, <laughs> I mean, your bedlam knowledge is a little bit different, right? I mean, your firsthand knowledge is a little bit different than the majority of the state. This thing does go back over a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I, I don't get the the twenty one year old perspective on the rivalry on the series. I'll, I'll open it up to both of you for just personal feelings about it, where it where it became real to you, how it's changed, if it has changed, and. Uh, how do you think you're going to feel when it's gone? Yeah. Ben, let me know if I'm on base here. Feel free to cut in. But I think I can speak for both of us pretty well. 
we grew up huge sports fans, you know, watched all sports in, in the DFW area. That's where we grew up and have a lot of our sports loyalties. So when we moved to, to Guthrie, Oklahoma, which happened to be the site of the first Bedlam, Ben yeah. and I, you know, and, and that was in 2012, we moved. So we, we moved um, and, and have grown up here now, but we found out pretty quickly that the question you get asked second beyond, hey, what's your name? You're new around here is, well, are you an OU guy or, or an OSU guy? And right. Ben and I, growing up in the state, we we really couldn't have cared less for, for the longest time. And now we kind of started writing for the, the Ocali early on. So we haven't really ever lived a true fan's perspective of, of you know, Bedlam in, in Oklahoma. But Ben and I were talking before the show a little bit. We think that just because of it's the life we've lived, if you are a sports fan that's new to the state, you kind of end up gravitating more to OU unless something pulls you in the other direction. Ben, right. is that the feeling you got too? Yeah, I think just with um, living in Guthrie, um, maybe we were a little bit closer to Oklahoma City and in that area. And, uh, you know, we, we would just watch whatever game's on. And of course, OU in that area, 2012, 2013, gosh, they were on a whole lot. Uh, maybe it was just after OSU had kind of uh, come back down to earth a little bit. So I think maybe we were kind of lukewarm. We would just root for good games for, for the state. That's, that's the first thing people associated with the state of Oklahoma was, was kind of football. So uh, it, it was definitely a kind of just general dip in our toes in the waters of Bedlam. Hmm. You mentioned that you, you caught the journalist bug pretty quick, right? When you were at OSU, work, writing for the Ocali, where they say, when that guy says no cheering in the press box every week, he means it. That's not, that's right. not always easy for the student journalists. I mean, I, and I get it because I was once one myself and had a pretty, you know, uh, earnest rooting interest for the, the school that I was, that I was attending. Uh, there was not any undergrad time before you went all neutral party on Bedlam and on OSU where you like, uh, showed up at a fraternity house and they had the car out front and you could take five <laughs> swings with a club, right? For a buck. And it was pain, you know, it might have had uh, Riley's face or Bob, maybe this goes back to Bob Stoops, Riley's face on it or Baker Mayfield's. None of that happened with you guys? Sure. I think our, our first year, Ben, I kind of got involved writing and covering and learning about, you know, maybe the things that you don't necessarily assume like, hey, you know, neutrality and all that. We really started, I'd say, sophomore year on. So there was probably a year as a freshman where we kind of got to experience everything okay. as fans. Um, okay. The Ocali had some great mentors and a lot of it wasn't even, you know, our advisor, John Helsley, telling us, hey, this is the way it was the upperclassmen that really helped explain, hey, you know, if you want people to trust you as a voice for Oklahoma State, you can't be all rah-rah OSU because, you know, you're expected to write about the story yeah. when a player gets in legal trouble or a player misses three field goals, stuff like that. So we had some good mentors to help us early on. But that said, Sam. I mean, we, we had our fair share of time, I think, in that student section in Gallagher, Iba, a lot of times, even in the, the Boone Pickens Stadium student section a little bit, which was certainly quite the experience. And I think it's important for every person who's around college football uh, so often now to, to know what it's like in a student section. And I think uh, we definitely yeah. had a little bit of time there, too. And yeah, that's I don't... it's real right there. A student section in Bedlam. <laughs> and I've attended games. Uh, I, I, I've seen games from it in, in Norman, too, and I've heard those stories both ways. But that, I mean, we'll get into it later, the reason for it being so sad. But I, I, I love 
a little hate in college football. Okay. And that's, I, my Rangers are in the World Series right now, but Ben and I, what we've enjoyed is, hey, you bring a little rivalry back to the division. The Astros, Rangers went seven games. Yeah. We, we yeah. want a little bit of vitriol. So yeah. um, it, it's sad. I'm, so I'm glad to hear you weren't just unplugged. That makes me feel really good. Seriously, seriously, because everyone, to your point, should be a college student. Right. Everyone. I my freshman year at Kansas, I camped out at Allen Fieldhouse for the OU game. And I've, I've outgrown that a long, long. I outgrew that a long, long time ago. I still get teased. I was teased Saturday when I covered the uh, OUKU game in Lawrence. Friends on the beat, friends in the industry. They, they know where I they, they know where I went to school. They know that it, when I'm not covering Kansas, I might be inclined to sing the alma mater like before big basketball. <laughs> that, that should never, what I'm saying is that should never leave a person or you're sort of checking your human, your, your humanity. Is that the right word? You know, you're checking yourself as a human being at the door. And I don't think you have to go that far. So, so Darren, what, what you're going to like to hear is when people would ask us, Hey, are you an OU guy or an OSU guy? Our answer would be we're KU basketball we're KU basketball guys. We, uh, we, we were born in Wichita and yeah. have a lot of family in that area. Yeah. And of course it's all Jayhawk centric down there. So, um, our dad is a big basketball guy, college in particular. So we did mm -hmm. enjoy, um, following the Kansas Jayhawks basketball growing up. Okay. That was the alma mater. I wanted to hear the most Garen. When, when I started traveling around big 12 country, that was destination. Number one was going to Allen Fieldhouse to check out a game and, I'll try and go back there every chance I get to, to cover games and hear hear that atmosphere. That's that's up there with um, my my favorite places to be. Yeah, H have you both either of you thought not just as Ocali products or alumni, OSU alumni? Have either of you thought how you're going to feel walking out of that stadium at eight nine p.m. Saturday? It'll I be have. sad. It'll be sad. Just for the state, I mean, yeah. for, for me personally, it's it's the the game I circle every year, not because of you know anything other than than everybody circles it. It's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's a great experience. Gosh, it'll be sad walking out of there. Garen, I hear I have so many friends that still go to OSU or graduated right along with me, and I I've heard something that I think is a little naive um, from from some folks is they say, oh, I'm I'm so ready for Bedlam to be to be gone. So mm -hmm. ready for it. And granted, a lot of that is the history. The Cowboys generally take a loss in that game. But I think it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for. Because mm. it, it is really the usually the culmination of the of the season in terms of, you know, dates on a calendar. It's usually last. But it is truly the, the culmination of the season in terms of it gives everyone in the state a chance to root for, a chance to rally for. I, I almost think it'll be one of those deals where as soon as it's gone, you wish you could have it back. And I hope a lot of fans who maybe feel, at least on the OSU side, that they want Bedlam gone, good riddance, send those Sooners to the SEC. I hope a lot of those fans can at least take a step back and realize there is a piece of this that's special because it's not going to come back. And what people don't understand is when it does come back, it just won't be the same. Yeah. And so the every year yep. of it is, is really special. And um, I always circle back to when I would move to the middle of the state, people ask me as an 11-year-old, hey, what color do you wear, orange or red? And yeah. friendships were kind of determined by that a little bit as an 11-year-old, which is a little sad, but 
that's it's a very special thing about this state that once it goes away, you know, be careful what you wish for because it won't come back in its same form ever. It is a great point and it's a relatable one. Again, to tie it to my experience, fellas, as a Kansas graduate, uh, when Missouri went to the SEC a little over 10 years ago, people in Lawrence up and down the line were just pissed off, right? And screw them. They're the ones doing this. We don't we don't need to play them. We don't want to play them. We don't want to see them. We barely wanted to see them when they were our, our arch rival for a lot of yeah. reasons that had nothing to do with sports. But if they're going to do this, bleep them, right? And then about three or four years later, you start thinking, we still have K-State, right? It, but it isn't. it just isn't the same. It just yeah. is not the same level of animus. And as much as we... We being, uh, I'm sp speaking as an alum now, as much as we sort of live to, to uh, crap talk and, and just disdain and, and, and hate everything associated with Missouri and especially uh, Tiger sports, we missed that. And it was like, can we please have this back? And yeah. I, that's what you're sort of, and, and I'm thinking about OSU that doesn't have a K-State, right, to fall back on. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to manufacture something? Yeah. Without OU, who's that going to be? Do you have any ideas who that might be? So I, I completely track with what you're saying. Yeah. It, I was curious. The big 12 schedule for the future just came out. Ben and I just got a story up on that. And yeah. the, the Cowboys were not given a, a designated rivalry. Um, so, you know, people kind of floated out, Hey, maybe Colorado would be it. Maybe Texas tech would be it. People were desperate for Oklahoma state to get a rival. And it's like, okay, maybe one happens naturally. To me, that feels a little hard to do. Um, mm -hmm. But at least it will not happen. You know, there won't be a man-made. There won't be a your mark-made rivalry with, uh, with with no designation. So yeah, it's sad. Garrett, remember, remember the the Thomas Robinson KU Mizzou game. Right, right. And the last, the last one. Like, yeah. yeah, I watched as in a. I don't forget how long that those two schools broke up, but. Uh, and maybe breakup's a good word, by the way. It does feel like a bad breakup a little bit. Um, it's a really bad breakup. But I still remember that game to this day. And that's, it's just such a special, a special memory whenever you can have two schools that are huge rivals. Maybe deep down, they have a little respect for each other. I'm not saying it's deep, deep down, but <laughs> it's sad that we'll never get to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad Weiberg will tell you he has respect for Joe Castiglione, and I believe he does. I, I'm not, you know, Chad's, a, he's a pure guy, right? And so he, it, it, I don't think it's personal between them, but it is very professional between them, much as it's professional between Casey Shrum and Joe Harris because of the disadvantage that Oklahoma State was put into by what Oklahoma did, which is why I pivot to the fact that for all of the, for all of the things that are lobbed around about non-conference scheduling being in place and how hard it is with, uh, you know, to, to 10 years out to, to navigate and to, to, to juggle and to, you know, all, all that stuff, they, they could play that. We, we learned during COVID that you could, you could get out of games a lot quicker than you lead to believe, right? Remember the 2020 season when yeah. it was just one contract after another was being wiped off the That's board a good point. because there were games that needed to be played, right? Or games that there were the possibility existed. So I, 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 every time Gundy and, and Venables and Castiglione and Weiberg go there, it's not like they're, they're not lying. 
it's not it wouldn't be fun to juggle and to, to, to break things that have been in, to put in place, but you could do it. But from an OSU standpoint, I still go back to I get the emotion because, again, I sort of vicariously lived it through my alma mater when Missouri left Kansas for the SEC. There's just this there really is a screw you mentality. No one's going to say that. It's Stillwater from Gundy to Shrum to, well, Gundy might, but sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Weiberg and Shrum aren't going to say it. The regents aren't going to say it, but I know they're thinking it or they have thought it. And I, and I still think true serum, they're still thinking it. That's why to me, the blame, if you, if you, if you need a scapegoat for everything coming to an end on Saturday, to me, fellas, OU's wearing the black hat here. That, that Sam and I talked about it. I mean, look, you can go through all the scenarios and say, oh, you know, OSU could make room. But at the end of the day, this whole thing got started when OU left. Like, I don't see how that's super hard to see. I mean, mm-hmm. if OU doesn't leave the Big 12, then Bedlam's still getting played. So to me, that, that is, uh, that, that's where the burden lies. Is, yeah, OU is the one who started it. Now, what I would, I would draw the distinction, I think it's very reasonable to say OU – and Texas, you know, that unity. But in, in terms of the Big 12, um, the Bedlam rivalry, OU is in, entirely at fault. However, I can't blame them. Not one bit. Because I understand why they did it. And right. I think that if Casey Shrum, Chad Weiberg, and Mike Gundy are given the exact same opportunity, and the only, uh, the only um, you know, uh, thing that they, they can't do is tell OU, if they have to leave in the middle of the night, I think that OSU does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where it ultimately boils down to is the fact that, hey, OU, superior football school, and they were the one that got the invite. Mm-hmm. And both schools are going to think they're in the right. And maybe that's where it ultimately boils down to. All this vitriol is yeah. OSU wasn't invited. And it's like yeah. the little brother in anything. You don't get to go to the party? That sucks. You you can tell all your friends and family, I didn't want to go to it anyway. Yeah. but. You wanted to get the invite at least. Yeah. Now, that's a good point. It is a great point because uh, two things can be true. I say this all the time. It's why one of, one of the reasons I call the show Mind Games. I want us to think beyond, you know, surface level. It's absolutely true that, oh, you did the thing that anyone else would. I talked about this with my guest last week, Brett McMurphy from Action. Doesn't mean that OSU had to like it, right? There's reality and how you react to reality. And I don't blame OSU for being a little bit sour about the reality. Um we probably ought to talk a little bit about the game itself because it's fairly important. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Big 12 stakes for OU, I guess, sort of maybe outside outside chance uh, college football playoff stakes, but certainly Big 12 stakes. Uh, Mike Gundy's got a lousy Bedlam career record that he might like to correct a little bit more before it ends for a while. Uh, there are Oklahoma players on both teams that would like to to win this game for state pride, that kind of thing, bragging rights, as they call it. Uh Fellas, is there any angle that we're missing? I don't, I don't know how else to ask because I know you've, you've written and talked and thought about this every, every which way but loose. Is there anything no one's talking about that you're either thinking about or will write about this week that maybe you don't want to let people know? There is something I thought about, Garen, and it's that in 2021 when Oklahoma State did the unthinkable, when they you know conquered OU and went on to the Fiesta Bowl, Ollie Gordon, Alan Bowman, and Nick Martin weren't a, weren't a part of that team. Nick Martin was redshirting. Ollie Gordon was in high school, and Alan Bowman was at Michigan. So when you say you know, if if you just take last week's games, um, you can't tell me that that Oklahoma State looks any worse than OU. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, if you just take last week, and the only other reason to say OU is going to win is based on the history. Well, I don't think the history applies to Ollie Gordon, Alan Bowman, and Nick Martin, three of the mm. most impactful Cowboys this season. So it's it's like a new blood in, in this last bedlam. That that's 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 the only thing I can think of. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I love Nick Martin. I love Ben you referencing Martin because you're, what you're doing here is looking for guys that are slipping to the cracks because it's an immediate pivot to Gordon when it comes to this game. Because why wouldn't it be? Because of what yeah. he's doing. If you go from Gordon and you stay on offense, well, then you go to the quarterback because that's only the most important position on the field. Maybe slide over to Brennan Presley because the Cowboys are finally figuring out ways to get the uh, the old Bixby Spartan touches. And on defense, if nothing else, because A, he's from Edmund Santa Fe, and B, because he ended Bedlam 21 by dropping Caleb Williams, you, you pivot to Colin Oliver. Nick Martin is an underrated story, I think, behind OSU's turnaround. It, it does start with offense because of what the, you know, the adjustments that that staff has made and the emergence of Ollie, no question about it. But I love that you landed on Nick Martin. To this point in the season, Nick Martin is averaging more tackles a game than Malcolm Rodriguez did. That blew wow. my mind. That blows my mind to hear it. Blows my mind to hear it. Sam, you got anyone that's slipping to the cracks or, or anything related to this game Saturday? Yeah. To, to me, this game kind of feels like a, a last defense a little bit for a lot of the Big 12 to spoil an OU Texas rematch in Arlington, mm -hmm. which if you imagine Brett Yormark, that is the worst case scenario ever. He might, why, why would you even attend that game if you're Brett Yormark and you can kind of just crown the SEC as the, as the ultimate king when you, uh, if those are the two teams that end up in Arlington. So to me, I mean, maybe Kansas State. Kansas State has a big game against Texas this week. Right, right. Um, and, and that's a huge game. So I, I shouldn't discount that entirely. But at least from, from OSU's side, uh, it, it really does feel like this is the Cowboys' last chance and maybe the conference's last stand. It mm -hmm. feels like OSU's maybe fighting for the integrity of the conference in the next few years to at least have the, well, but. Um, yeah. And th that, a, that a Texas OU Big 12 championship yeah. rematch would, would entirely negate, you know, nothing eats at the superior player or team in anything more than losing the last, especially when the person that you know you have no business losing to beats you and then says, okay, we're done. Turn off the controller. Throw the game board <laughs> in the air. I'm leaving. There's, there's always that, that caveat that, well, what happened last time that could really spoil yeah. um, what would otherwise be a coronation of the SEC, in my mind, if, if OU and Texas can make it to Arlington. It's, it's not as if Gundy didn't already have a lot of pressure on him in this game in terms yeah. of trying to do something about 3-15, and 15, trying to beat the one school that everyone in his fan base wants him to beat, not just every year, but especially this year, mm -hmm. to, to stay in his own race to get to Arlington, just the Cowboys, you know, quest to get back there and, and maybe play Texas or Iowa State or K-State, whoever. But you're right. There is a Big 12. There's a there's a yeah, there is conference weight added to this. And he's and I guess Chris Kleiman feels the same thing at uh, for Kansas State when he goes to Austin Saturday. Right. Same. Yeah. It's there's a responsibility in a way that, that I imagine your marks on on the phone with uh, with Kleiman and Gundy uh, with. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I don't know if he's got game plan ideas, but you, you, there, there is, a, there is absolute weight to that. 
Yeah. Especially for how reflective that would be of the Big 12 Conference these last, you know, three or four years. I mean, OU and Texas haven't been uh, the the key players there at the end of the season. It's been this great difference of, of different teams, and it's been awesome to see Iowa State and Baylor and K-State and TCU and Oklahoma State. So, yeah, to to get a all-SEC Big 12 championship, that, that would sting a little bit, I think, for a lot of people. All right. You guys, we, we mentioned Gundy. Let's finish with exit questions. Let's start with one about Mike Gundy. He's too entertaining to pass up. It's too, too entertaining not to ask this question. Ben and Sam, your favorite Mike Gundy press conference moment of the year would be to this point? It's like picking I, out, I know, it's like picking out of greatest hits, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is, is there I, one at the top of your playlist? I I think the, I think you have to go to the boss. Um, yeah. and, and that was from last week. So maybe it's more on top of my mind, but. It's hilarious to me that Gundy says that thing that, you know, I, I assume when Mike Gundy, you know, he cracks a lot of jokes. He was cracking jokes about the, the state of the school system before, before the mics got turned on. But when Gundy brings up the boss and maybe he just feels like he's just telling a few guys that also like football a story. I don't know if in his mind he would have thought that the boss would come out on Twitter and pretty much say, hey, meet me at the 50 yard line. Bit. <laughs> She did. So I thought that was I thought that was hilarious um, that Gundy told a boss story. And, um, you know, he, he says he's not on social media. So I, but uh, he always brings up, oh, my kids texted to me or something. So um, I just thought that that was a hilarious moment yeah. about a story that um, is just football guys talking. But mm-hmm. I love how Gundy doesn't seem to censor himself too much. He does. The one I'll go back to is the. The uh, before the mics and cameras maybe got turned. I don't. I don't know how much of the world saw um, Gundy kind of wryly remark, "My cameo fee is eighty five dollars." I I got a kick out of that. <laughs> I didn't. I thought cameo was out of business. They st- yeah. no, is cameo still a thing, fellas? Yeah, it is. And and I guess uh, Mike Gundy still still likes to make a little money from from that cameo. Oh lord! Oh lord! Uh, favorite story you've told? Oh no! How about this? Best discovery of a of a player personality this year for either one of you. Oh, ooh! Like who did you talk to that you hadn't spent much time with and thought, "Oh, that's cool." I finally got a chance to talk to him because he's damn interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead, Ben. I'll throw out Leon Johnson from just mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. What is a guy from a D three school in Oregon, George Fox University? What's what's he even like? Um, and, and Leon Johnson was, was just great. Super well-spoken. You can just tell he's such a smart guy. I found out this week he's a, a math major. He was at George Fox, and he was going to teach high school math before, oh, wow. well, I love he got some NFL dreams um, uh, maybe coming to life. So I, I really liked uh, talking to Leon Johnson III. What you you got, know, Sam? Garrett, <laughs> okay, Garrett, this is going to sound crazy. The first person that ever came to mind was – I talked to Danny Stutzman for the first time this year. Obviously, I cover OSU, but at Big 12 Media Days, I had never talked to him at all. So that's actually the first name that jumped to mind. I'll hmm. throw him out. Um, even, I think I asked him one question at Big 12 Media Days, but it was uh, refreshing to, to talk to him Yeah. and, and on that side. But um, I, I talked to Alex Hale for the first time, who's the kicker for the Cowboys. And he has a, a pretty wild story about growing up and football was... Uh, not even a dream at all until it just became a way to earn a scholarship. But 
He was a, a wake skate champion of the world, which um, he, I, I guess I kind of asked, do you watch more Tony Hawk or Sean White for that? And he said a little bit of both. So I guess that's the best way to describe nice. it. That on the water. Um, but he, he was a fascinating guy that I, I look forward to, to digging more into later this year about, uh, you know, that's the thing about telling a kicker story, Garen. You never know if it's going to be uh, as after they become a hero or if, it's like the Batman quote, they live long enough to become a villain. You never know. Yeah, but, that's right. Um, he has a story that's worth telling. That's fantastic. All right. Your personal story, still living together clearly, now in Stillwater, hanging out at the golf course, catching strays, apparently. Uh, what else we got? Are we, still, are we still good with each other's habits, cleaning, cooking, providing, bill paying? Are we, are we are, no tension? Any, anything you need to get off your chest while you're with each other and with me and the listeners? Garen, oh. we're in a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. The, our, our dorm room last year was the size of a, a lot of closets. Th this is like living in a mansion. I feel like I, I haven't seen Ben. I, I have to walk all the way across the other side of the apartment to see him. Yeah, we're still good. I, I, I think I think we're still we're still good. Good as ever. Sounds to me like that's that's what I'd say. Ben Hutchins, Sam Hutchins. Our dynamic duo on OSU uh, sports, mostly football right now at Sellout Crowd. Catch their show, by the way. If you haven't heard two on OSU, you got to uh, watch them, listen to them the same way you check out Mind Games every week on the Sellout Crowd Network. Download, subscribe, like, dislike. I don't care as long as you listen or watch YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. All of the shows that sell out are on all of the platforms that you are acquainted with when it comes to your podcast content. Special thanks to Jacqueline Musgrove and Michael Martin for producing. Special thanks to Michael Lane as our creative director. Thank you very much for watching, listening, and reading everything we bring you on the Sellout Crowd Network. <laughs>